Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 281. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. Richard Ryerson here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Got a great guest today. Gabby Bernstein is on the show. I've been a fan of her for a long time, and um, I've said on the show many times, um, if you're going to dip your foot in this leadership pool, you've got to become more spiritual. You have to have a spiritual element to the leadership piece because we're really under two umbrellas. We're under fear. We're under love. Those are the two umbrellas that we're choosing to reside under. Unfortunately, most of us are residing under the fear one, and it takes an intentional amount of effort and training and intentionality. You've heard me talk about it on the show to get under the love umbrella. And uh, I've certainly have learned this over the years, particularly doing this show. I've certainly like, can feel myself and see myself changing in my leadership beliefs and philosophy and understanding how important a spiritual element is a requirement for your leadership development and growth. And that's why I was excited to have Gabby on the show. She's a New York Times bestselling author of Miracles Now, which I highly recommend that you go get. I've, I um, use that as a daily snippets to help along uh, some affirmations in your leadership journey. She also wrote May Cause Miracles and um, the bestsellers Add More Ing to Your Life and Spirit Junkie. She's was featured on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday. That's where I first found out about her a few couple years ago. And she was, uh, Oprah calls her a next generation thought leader. And I agree. I think she's just fantastic. She's done so much for me in my own spiritual development and growth. And I was excited to have her on the show. She's been on Dr. Oz a lot and uh, she leads talks and she leads meditations to sold out audiences all over the all over the globe, and she's got a new book that's coming out today, September twenty seventh, as this interview is being published, called "The Universe Has Your Back," and it deals a lot with fear and how to embrace it and how to turn it in to one of your greatest assets. And um, I'm excited to have her on the show. It was an honor to have her on the show, and you're really going to enjoy this conversation. You're really going to enjoy Gabby. Check out her stuff at gabbybernstein.com. Check out her new book, The Universe Has Your Back, and uh, I'm excited to have her on the show. So, have you subscribed to Dose of Leadership yet? It would mean the world to me if you did. It does so much to help with the uh, visibility of the show. We're going on three and a half years, coming up on four years here in January, and uh, I can't tell you how thankful I am for your support for this show. I'm so thankful for all the audience members and the listeners that have reached out to me. I love hearing about your leadership journey, and if I can help in any way, I'm always here to help. Even if it's just an email asking me what I think, I'd be more than happy to give that to you. I answer every email. It may take me a couple days, but I will get to it. I promise you that I will um, get back to you. And uh, you can learn more about all the services that I provide at richardryerson.com. And of course, doseofleadership.com is a great place to start too. You can find your way to richardryerson.com there. Uh, But if you're interested in having me speak, talk, coach about leadership, personally or professionally at your organization, I'd be more than happy to do that. And you can learn more at my website, richardryerson.com. Okay. Again, thanks for being a fan of the show. It means the world to me. Here's Gabby Bernstein without a further ado on Dose of Leadership. Well, Gabby, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to Dose of Leadership. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, I'm so thrilled to talk to you. You know, I've been doing this show for almost for three and a half years 
and focus on the topic of leadership. But man, this one thing that has really struck out in all these conversations as I talk about leadership, and I am absolutely convinced, and I didn't think this so much. I think I knew it instinctively on the, on the onset, how important spirituality is to leadership. It is mm-hmm. everything. And I mm-hmm. think that you cannot be an effective leader if you don't have a spiritual aspect to your life. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, I couldn't agree more. I think um, when we talk about leadership, we have to think about the place that we lead from. And so if we're leading from a place of ego or if we're leading from a place of trying to be seen or we're leading from a place of of needing something on the outside, then we may accomplish some external goals, but we won't be experienced in the way that we truly need to be to be an authentic leader. And so uh, I think that's where spirituality comes in. It's it's uh, learning how to lead from a place of authentic power. Yes. And lead from a place of, of high service, not from a place of personal personal goals or, or aspirations. Yeah. And uh, when we kind of get that and we get out of the way, that's when we can create a real movement and truly serve. And that's what it's all about, right? To quiet our minds, to get everything else. You said something there that really struck with me. It is about the service. If you're feeling you know, helpless or useless, we'll become helpful or useful to somebody, right? Yes, absolutely. One of my favorite quotes is actually on San Suchi talking about an amazing leader, right? Um, mm-hmm. She she said, uh, if you're feeling helpless, help someone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you become a spirit junkie? How did it start for you? How did you start this mm-hmm. journey? Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny. I, I probably should talk about my leadership journey as well, because it's kind of all, all entwined. Sure. Um, I I, I kind of identified myself as a spiritual leader even when I was 14 years old. And I was uh, uh, the president of the regional youth group, in my, the Jewish youth group in my town. And I would lead these spiritual weekends <laughs> for people, you know, for all these like local kids in the, in the Jewish community. And, um, and, and at the time, I just kind of felt like I was really fulfilling my calling at 14. Right. <laughs> and so it became clear to me that that, was, um, that that was my strength and that was part of what I was here to do. And so um, in my mid-20s, when I started to have my own personal uh, shifts in my life, I, had run a, I was running a PR business right out of college and living a very fast-paced New York City life and <clears throat> got very hooked into the scene of things and the ego and the drugs and the party scene and... Um, I hit a lovely bottom at the age of 25 <laughs> and uh, quarter life crisis was right. a great, great turning point for me at that point because I, I kind of hit my knees and said, I, I need to find another way. And that's what really reignited my spiritual path and connected, reconnected me to what was truthful for me so that I could recover in my own life. Um, I got sober at that time. So it's 11 years now. And um, in my own sober recovery and in my spiritual recovery, I started feeling very called to lead mm-hmm. in that conversation. And so I started very quickly just putting on talks and and inviting people to workshops and leading group coaching workshops out of my apartment and just, you know, real bootstrapping, just leading people in this conversation of spiritual growth and development as it related to my own personal journey. And very quickly, it became clear that I had to write books on the topic because the audiences just kept getting bigger and bigger. And I couldn't have these audiences that were getting ex- inspired and excited and not, not be able to let them walk away with something that they could continue with so that they needed to have the journey continue on beyond that one night in the in the event hall, right? Yeah. And so I started to write books for them. And um, I've written five books in the last six years. And it's been... It's been a beautiful journey of 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 
of writing and speaking and and truly leading. I, I do identify if you were to ask me, you know, what are the, some of the ways that you would describe yourself? Leader would be at the top of that list and it's in my DNA and it's um, a commitment that I've I've signed up for. And I've been leading uh, new seekers in their own spiritual growth and helping people find a spiritual relationship of their own understanding. And so that's what I've been up to for the past decade and a year. <laughs> well, I love yeah, I love your stuff, and I think that um, you know for the longest time I've been a leadership junkie, if if you will, for the for the longest yeah. time. And for the, and it's really in the last ten years, really the last five years, heavy, where. Uh, it just hit me and, and I'm 48 and it, it was into my forties that I had a, a splat moment. And then I realized that it's all about the, the to me, the currencies that we need are self-awareness, authenticity, and vulnerability. Those are the three things that were lacking in my leadership mm. development for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, I know that the battle um, prior to that, and it's still, I, I guess it's still a battle, but I'm, I'm comfortable with slaying the dragons every day, I guess is how I put it. And before I used to think there was a problem that were, dra- I used to think it was a problem that dragons were there. Mm-hmm. And now I've become comfortable with the fact that I got to slay one every day and I look mm-hmm. forward to doing it. What are your thoughts when, when you hear me say that? That's sort of just accepting that there's stuff that comes up, right? Yeah. And just, yeah. I mean, listen, I think that I've built my entire uh, platform and content and teachings on how I screw up and how I return. Right. And so I have very humbly accepted the detours that we take every day because we do Mm -hmm. and the challenges that life presents us. And my, my work isn't about, you know, how do we just eliminate all these challenges and, and, you know, never have fear again, but much more about how do we reinterpret those fears and and detours and begin to see those detours as, as, as uh, you know, obstacles as detours in the right direction, which is actually a chapter in my new book, right. <laughs> how to see obstacles as detours in the right direction, and how to you know use the experience of of fear or discomfort as a opportunity to deepen your faith, right, and and strengthen and strengthen what it is that's real for you. And so there's just a reframe there. So it's it's less about waking up every day and saying, oh no, what do I have to face today, and much more about you know. How can I deepen what deepen strengthen my faith and deepen my connection to uh, a spiritual relationship or um, a faithful way of living? Yeah, because when you look at it that way, they they actually become those obstacles or those fears actually become gifts, don't they? I mean, because yeah, they, they, yeah, they really do. Because yeah. that's part of the price tag of admission for significance. I think. You yeah, know, absolutely. You, you have yeah. to embrace them. I love the title. The universe has got your back. Again, you you hit some of it there, but the genesis of it. What is it all about? So the subtitle is "Transform Fear to Faith." So the universe has your back. Transform fear to faith, and it's a book really designed to help people get grounded in a spiritual relationship of their own understanding, and start to establish very much what we're talking about today: that authentic power, that place of vulnerability, that uh, sense of certainty when you may not otherwise know what the next right action should be, um, deepening your intuition, and feeling a sense of safety in this world that is clearly not feeling very safe lately. And so finding a sense of safety, security, certainty, and support. 
And that comes through creating and establishing a connection to your own inner wisdom and a deeper connection to the world and the, and, and the energy around you. And so we, uh, throughout the book, I really talk about how to heal the resistance to that presence of connection and then how to begin to build and establish and strengthen that connection through beautiful practices, meditations, prayers, uh, lessons, tools, and many, many, many authentic stories. So, you know, as this relates to leadership, this book is 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 quite timely for this conversation because I feel like this book is, um, I feel like it's actually a leadership offering in a sense. Like I'm almost, um, there's this thing about being a speaker and a public figure in any way, where it's this thing that they, that I kind of call like, you go first, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, if I tell you all the things that I've done that I've screwed up or all the ways that I'm in pain and the ways that I've you know, healed myself, then you can say, oh yeah, me too. Right? Right, right. And so this whole book is really just a lot of you go first and, um, and me go first, Gabby goes first. And then, and then everybody can kind of, uh, say, see, identify in those stories. And I get very, very authentic and very honest in this, in this book. And, um, it's a very timely, timely book that I'm proud to, proud to say is coming out at the perfect time today. Yeah. I'm excited to, um, to read it. I can't wait till it comes out. I, I love the title and I love the whole idea of um, it's frustrating to me to see particularly um, CEO types. And I've worked with a lot and I've, you know, and when I've worked for and what I've coached with. And when you talk about meditation and self-awareness, there's this kind of resistance or there's recoiling back, at least from my my experience. How do you how do you address that? How can someone like myself who is passionate about getting people to become more self-aware, how can I teach them or talk to them about the benefits of, of meditation and self-awareness? Well, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of fun ways to kind of get people in the door with meditation, you know, so you can kind of say like, you'll have more success or you'll, <laughs> um, you can, your skin will clear up. I mean, I've got a lot of like big promises, right? Like you're, you're, you'll, you'll become healthier physically because ultimately what, you know, from a scientific standpoint, you're lowering the cortisol levels and you're lowering your stress. And so as you release stress, your body can have that relaxation response and can restore itself back to healing. Um, so there's, there's a lot of physical benefits, but there's also just great life benefits and the life benefits come through the experience of just truly letting yourself slow down enough to let whatever needs to be moved out of you move out so that you don't have to, it's like, you don't have to walk around carrying your garbage you know, right. um, it's kind of like you could take your garbage out and let somebody else deal with it. Right. You know, it's right. like, it's just being dropped off and, <laughs> um, no longer your problem. And that, that's what, you know, or you could see it as like a mental shower or cleansing. And I, I, I really, I, I've been a meditation teacher for, for 11 years and I've been on a meditation path since I was six years old. And so I cannot, emphasize enough the importance and the value of having a meditation practice in your life. For me, it's an anchor and it's um, a direct through line to my spiritual relationship, which is the most important relationship in my life. I I agree. And and for me, and I'm still a newbie at it, but I I found that I was actually doing as a pilot, I've been a professional pilot for almost 22 years. And um, I realized as pilots, we actually we call it compartmentalization, but it actually is a form of meditation. You know, this, this act of remaining calm, no matter what's happening, you know, that's a skill, mm-hmm. that's a skill that's learned over time. 
Mm-hmm. And they're actually meditative when you look at it. And I talk about it all the time. There's a technique I call called, called hack the clock. And it's the first thing you do in an emergency. You don't do, you don't react to the emergency. You do something innocuous that, mm-hmm. that steers the mind or allows you to focus on the mind of the task at hand because you know, we're, we're fight or flight. You see a red mm-hmm. firelight flashing. You want to do something about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I do a thing. Well, just punch, punch the, um, timer on the clock it doesn't do anything it doesn't alleviate the emergency but it focuses the mind on what you need to do and so that's meditative mm-hmm. right i mean and yeah so, yeah but, but yeah. for me the challenge has always been is how do i quiet my mind it just seems it's racing all the time and in the past what i've done is i i feel like well i got to do some activity to you know this manic energy to yeah. quiet the mind and it just creates this crazy cycle that doesn't produce anything yeah, yeah. Well, let me give you a lesson. This is a tool from the book, and um, it's a meditation from the book that's really, really simple. And one of the greatest ways to quiet your mind through meditation is to use a mantra-based meditation. Mm-hmm. And mantra meditation is very simple. You, you know, a, ma- a mantra is a single-pointed focus. So it's, it's, um, you know, m- many mantras you may hear could be in Sanskrit, or you could even use mantras that are in English, right? So something like, you know, I am love, or I am that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mantra that I share in the book is Satnam, and Satnam means truth is my name. And this is great for your listeners because it's about identifying your authentic truth, right? right. And and um, truth identified. And so Sat is truth and Nam is name. So Sat Nam would be your mantra. And you sit in your meditation and you just practice that mantra in your mind. Sat Nam, Sat Nam, Sat Nam, Sat Nam, Sat Nam. As, lo- as fast or slow as you want. You could say it out loud or you could think it silently. And when you find yourself going into that monkey mind and that craziness and your head goes nuts and you're thinking about all the things you have to do, just just go there and then witness yourself going there. Okay, I'm, I'm there again. And just come gently return back to your mantra, Satnam, Satnam. Satnam, and then you go crazy again, right? right. <laughs> and then you witness it, you're crazy, and you say, oh, go back to my mantra. And <clears throat> it's fantastic. There's, there's nothing wrong with detouring. And you just come back. Right. And so this simple practice of just return to your mantra, return to your mantra, it'll become more and more um, easy for you as you practice. And it's not a bad thing to have thoughts running when you're meditating. People think this is such a bad thing. It's like, it's actually not. It means you're having a very active meditation. It means that you're clearing something out that even though you may be thinking about the fact that you didn't like what you had for dinner, you could just be cleaning out a subconscious guilt about something you did earlier in the day. Right. And so there's, there's nothing wrong with having thoughts and, and letting them and letting them clean out, letting them move around, and then returning to your mantra to, to just come back to that peaceful place. I love it. I think in, for me that the challenge, the other part of the challenge is okay. Now that we've I've quieted the mind, how do I know when I start to become self aware? Like, how do I know? You know what I'm hearing is what I should be doing. Does that make sense? I mean, my biggest yeah, yeah, challenge yeah. is like, how do yeah. I know what? Because because the whole point of quieting my mind is like, what is my next step? Mm-hmm. And and to be present, what 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 do I do now? And there's so many pressures, societal expectations. How do you really know that you're you're in the groove of doing what you're supposed to be doing, what you're put on this planet to do? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask me this question in a different way, but it's the same question, which is, how do I know the difference between my ego and my intuition, right? right, right. And so the way that I would describe it is your ego is the voice that is controlling, it is um, judgmental, it it has an agenda, it can be an attack voice in some ways, it can make, there's a sense of like urgency and and uncertainty and fear behind it, whereas the voice of your intuition, the voice of love, uh, is 
just sort of all knowing. There's a great sense of just I know, like there's a knowing. Yeah. Um, there's a, uh, a a certainty. It may not be logical, but it feels right. And so it doesn't have to always seem logical, but it, but if it feels good to you, you can trust that that's your intuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's never, never negative. There's just it may there may be like a warning or a you know adjustment, but it's not going to be a um, threatening voice to right. you. Yeah, so right. it can be discerning, but not threatening. It can it can make you nervous, right? I mean, just having that kind of butterflies in the stomach isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? That's almost mm-hmm. like a good barometer, mm-hmm. right? That's like a barometer of what you probably should be doing. Yeah, there's there's a level of excitement and um, there's joy behind these thoughts and feelings. And um, when if if there's fear in the experience of your intuition, it's really just your ego's resistance to that power. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so when the, when you talk about that, when fear, I've, I've said that, you know, uh, Stephen Pressfield's um, War of Art was, as, as, have you read that before? I haven't read it. No. It's very good when it talks about this resistance that the fear is a barometer and, and um, like, if you feel that resist, it's, it, if something's put on your heart, the whole sense of it is if, you know, the heavens, the angels, the muse put something on your heart that you should be doing. And the bigger that is, the more that it challenges and stretches you, the, the larger the resistance is going to be there to try to stop you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you actually sit down and do the work anyway, regardless of the fear, then the universe has to move. Yeah. It yeah. has to move. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. exciting to me. Yeah. So yeah. were you ever at a point, you know, um, particularly when you're in the, the PR firm or in this fast paced life and you're doing the parting and, and everything else? Was that a fear-based life? I mean, why were you going down that path? Oh, yeah. I mean, let's talk resistance. That was a lot of resistance. Um, mm. That was uh, unhealed trauma, you know, running from trauma, just just trying mm-hmm. to you know, anesthetize pain that I didn't even know was there, right. right? And a lot of us walk around with traumas that we aren't even aware of, right? Yeah. And so, so or or just, just we're traumatized because we're alive right now. Right? <laughs> right. It's a crazy time. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we want to anesthetize that pain. We want to just numb out that pain. And at the time I had a meditation that had been, I, I'd been taught to meditate, but I didn't have like a great, strong spiritual foundation in those early years. And I uh, leaned into the worldly ways of finding safety that, you know, never work, of course, but I looked for it there, right? I looked for it in the relationships and the career and the fast paced scene and the, you know, credentials and all the, the outside stuff. And we all know that doesn't work. Right. Uh, but I, I learned that the hard way, but I needed to learn it the hard way. I don't have any, I look back at my bottom and drug addiction and love addiction and work addiction, all the things that I suffered from and, and, and hit bottom on, um, as the greatest teachers and my, mm-hmm. and my so much gratitude and love for my past because it, it gave me everything that I am today. Do we have to have a splat moment to reach that point? I mean, I no, know I not necessarily. I mean, I think that it doesn't have to be that doesn't have to be a bad splat. <laughs> right. I guess the, the varying degrees of splat. I agree There's with you. Varying right? yeah. degrees of splat. Absolutely. I mean, I think that you can, um, but I think that there has to be a moment of discomfort to say, I want to yeah, pivot, right? right. Otherwise you it's won't like change, yeah. we have to, in order to, to open up to the support of the universe, we have to want it. And so if we don't think there's anything wrong and everything's working out fine, then there's no pivot. There's no desire. There's no change. And that really is the first step. We got to be willing to change. I mean, once that happens, does the, does the universe automatically open up? And how do you know that? I mean, for me, it seems like once I was willing to change, mm-hmm. then I started noticing things more. 
Well, my friend, that's the key to the process is the willingness. <laughs> it's really your willingness. Is It opens an invisible door because really when you become willing to change, you you, lit- you literally open up your uh, your consciousness to receive new information. Uh, it's also just from you know a, a brain perspective. You redirect your mm-hmm. your your brain. You're you're reorganizing the neural pathways in your brain to go from you know I don't want to see this. I don't want to see it with light. I don't want to see it with love. To I choose to see it with love. And when you reorganize that 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 pathway, you start to see what could unfold. You start to feel the support that could yeah. unfold. And it's it's quite profound. Yeah, it is. And I, I think that for me, I, when I put things under two umbrellas, we're, we're either, I'm either operating in a place of love or a place of fear. It's not love or hate. It's either fear or love. And that's only two. It's there's those are to me are the only two umbrellas. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we spend so much time under that fear umbrella. Mm-hmm. But to work in that love umbrella, that's where all the service, the sacrifice. It's impossible to feel bad about yourself if you're doing something good for somebody else. You know. That. Yeah, and I, that's why I love what you know the topic that your that your your focus is on. It's like if you are in the service of others, you are out of your way, right? That's right <laughs> out of the way, right, exactly and you're letting right. something bigger come through. Yeah. Okay, I, mean, I love your stuff. I mean, there's so much. I mean, um, miracles. Uh, I'm going through that book right now. I'm looking forward cool. to, to the universe has your back. I love miracles because they're just quick little snippets I can take every day. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And focus on. I love your stuff. And again, I'm a, a you know a marine, a pilot corporate guy. And I'm telling you, your stuff has, has done more for me than, than any tactics or techniques uh, on leadership that, that, uh, I've read in a long time. And That's I, so awesome. And it means so much to me. And I'm so glad that, that, you know, this work is touching you. And I think that this new book in particular is going to have that effect. It's sort of just not, it's this less gender specific, less age specific. It's right. just going to hit people where they are, you know? Yeah. So I'm glad that you're having that experience. It's so cool. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan, and I want all my listeners to check out your stuff because I think, to me, again, the currency, self-awareness, authenticity, vulnerability, this is everything that you're about, to me anyway. That's what I get from you, mm-hmm. and I love your stuff, and I encourage all – if anybody's dipping their foot in the leadership pool, they have to – grasp the spiritual element of, and I think you're one of the best, best teachers out there. So that, that's my, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How can people get in touch with you and find out more about you? I know you've got a, a hard schedule here, so I I, I could talk to you for hours, but I, I (laughs) want to make sure that people can find you and how can people reach out to you and, and connect with you? Um, the, the, probably the best place to go right now is where I've got this this book bonus. So um, if they're if they're interested in the book and they're interested in learning more about my work, that would be a great place to start. And I'm giving away a six hour digital course when people order the book online. So it's very very beautiful way to just dive in with my work and have a great experience of learning from me digitally and through the content of the book. So um, if you go to gabbybernstein.com forward slash book bonus. Maybe you could drop this in your notes, but gabbybernstein.com forward slash book bonus. Um, you'll learn how to just, just go online, grab that book for you know on Amazon or whatever, and then bring your receipt over and you'll get this six-hour training that is uh, a beautiful uh, example of my work if you want to get started, dip your toes in and get started. That's a big, big way to jump in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll have links That's- to all of this on there and also encourage everybody to download your app, Two Spirit Junkie app. If you, It's a, the you. Daily, um, daily affirmations. I have it on my phone. and um, Very cool. I love it. Gabby, yeah. one last question. Who are you, whose shoulders are you standing on? You know, right today, um, my great, one of my greatest mentors is, um, 
is and was um, was in the physical form, Dr. Wayne Dyer, but now spiritual oh, form yeah. is um, still guiding me in the most profound ways. <laughs> yeah. There's actually a whole chapter in the book about Wayne and my relationship to Wayne. And so I'm, I'm proud to be standing on his shoulders. Yeah. What a great one. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Gabby, what an honor to have you on the show. I look for, I'd love to have you back at some certain point. I'm glad to have you in the Dose of Leadership Circle. And, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Richard. You're so sweet. Have a wonderful day. Right, see ya. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. Hope you're finding some great value in Dose of Leadership. Hey, go check out my website, doseofleadership.com. Get your free access to some videos or to my free ebook. Also, check out richardryerson.com. If you're interested in one-on-one coaching, group coaching, seminars, or you're needing somebody to speak at your next event, I'm always available. Check out more at richardryerson.com. Let me know where you're at in your leadership journey. I'd love to hear from you. Richard at doseofleadership.com. It's a great way to get in touch with me. Find me on my Facebook page, LinkedIn, Twitter, Get in touch with me. Go make it a great one. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.